Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast where we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 102 is recorded live February 9th, 2012. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jolson, and some of the stories we're going to have this week is we have a lot about sharks, uh, Caribbean box jellyfish showing up, we have Lady Diver magazine, and also uh, be careful in who you invite to a party. And uh, this week, I'd like to welcome my guest host, or my co-host, Mac. How are you doing today, Mac? I'm Norton. Glad to be here, even though it is a bit chilly outside. Yeah, we're we're finally getting that winter. I I just look at it as even if it gets cold now, we're we've got to be quite a bit closer to spring. If yeah. we're not over the hump, we're darn close to it. Yeah, we got to be getting close. But the temperature is getting cold. We're getting that fall, the fall weather, that winter weather that we're used to seeing this time of year, just without any snow. That's what's bizarre. You know, well, I was degrees, thinking what uh, we were talking earlier on Singer Lake. Uh, with that rain, got the snow out of the way, so maybe that's going to give us a hard deck out there. Oh, that'd be and, nice. Uh, we might be able to get a couple of inches and do a vertical dive out there. Ooh, vertical dive wouldn't be too bad, but you know, we'll we'll take what we can get at this point. It's, I was wondering if we're going to be able to get a nice dive in, but I think we will. Well, I mean, you mean a whole digging vertical dive, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we've I think got we've, a number of good ice dives in. Oh, yeah, we've got ice dives. Yeah, I posted up on Facebook this week, uh, uh, you and uh, Jim in the water, and uh, I said you were playing in ice water because that's what it looks like. looks like oh, two yeah, divers yep. playing in ice cubes. And like you said, though, too, I thought it was colder last week when actually it really wasn't, but it sure felt like it. Yeah, last week, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't up to it. Maybe I was fighting a cold or something, but... I just, it just felt cold. It just did. So we're going to go and move right on into the news. We have a full news week this week. And it seemed like all the articles started uh, stacking up against sharks. So we'll hit a spot here. Where we're doing nothing but talking about sharks. But the first one up is a tragic accident over in Egypt. Uh, wasn't a fatality, which is why we're covering it. But uh, needless to say, somebody was injured. Uh, scuba diving dad from Whitefield, which is uh, in the UK, was left fighting for his life after being hit by a boat's propeller. Uh, dad of two was told that uh, the, the the dad of two has been told how, gosh, I, sometimes the way they write some of these sentences, you just can't get it. Anyway, he's got two kids <laughs> and uh, he's, he's lucky to be alive. The 48-year-old was trapped under the propeller for 30 minutes, his water around him was filled with blood. Uh, the pain was indescribable. He said, I thought I was definitely going to die. My mask was ripped off, and I was actually screaming underwater. Uh, he was rushed to a hospital after losing huge amounts of blood from cuts to his legs and broken bones, hip and pelvis. He spent three days fighting for his life and spent weeks in hospital before finally being allowed home. Uh, his broken bones have been pierced back together with metal pins, but he faces months of physical therapy to help him walk again. Uh, 
He lives with his wife, Rochelle, and two children, Jake, who's 17, and Chelsea, 14. Uh, they've been on their annual trip with friends from Red Fins Diving Group. The pals all experienced divers. Were on the second day of a holiday, they chartered a boat to explore the coral reef. A second boat carrying divers and sunbathers arrived in the area as uh, him and his friends were heading back to the surface. Maurice, who works as a hairdresser, was just below the surface when the second boat started its propeller. He was sucked backwards into the blades, which hit his metal tanks just inches from his neck. Uh, then they shattered, uh, then sheared through his button and legs. I'm not sure what a button is. is that, uh, Maybe his buttocks. Yeah, the the nether regions. Uh, he said, I had no idea what was happening before I hit the propeller. I saw blood in the water, and that's when I thought it was all over. God knows how I missed my head, my tank just a few inches from my neck. Yeah, I was looking at some of the cuts on his right thigh all the way down through his uh, left, all the way up from his, oh God, up to the top end of his leg, down yeah. to his kneecap. Now, he was freaking lucky it didn't rip his legs off, but hitting that the prop with his tank a couple of inches from his neck, whoa. Yeah. Well, and he got sucked in, so that's got to be a pretty big boat. Yeah, uh, but and why the hell did they start the engine with people under the water? You know, especially being dive boats. Uh, all I'm, What I'm guessing is uh, I'm picturing this as a mooring, and both boats are going to the mooring. So, yeah, but uh, like I, the way they said it, it sounded like he started it. So were yeah. they maybe, did they maybe have it in motion and then they cut the engine and were drifting to the mooring and then needed just a little bit of kick to get to it or something? I, I don't know. It, it's like, but coming up in that kind of water seems like you can look up and see and hear stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't give any details, but I'd sure like to hear that. You know, what yeah, preceded could, that. Go ahead. I said, I'd like to, I just wonder what preceded that. Well, there's been times when, you know, we got the boats all rafted together and you're coming up. And, you know, I, even though I know that we're, nobody's going to start the boat, you always think about what could happen. You know, it'd be, you know, somebody could, you know, lean over and hit the starter. And even if it didn't start, just the blades spinning around for a second would be, could be bad. That's why it's a good idea to keep the freaking key out of the ignition when it's there. Yeah, that's for sure. Doctors said they'd never seen a hip injury like that. Most people are killed in propeller accidents. I'm so lucky to be alive. I'm now basically held together with pins and screws. I want to thank my wife. I couldn't have gone through it without her. So we wish him luck and hope he heals up and, and uh, is fit to dive another day. Now, it, I was curious. It didn't say where he was at exactly. I just wonder if Claire or knows anything about that. Yeah, we could we could drop her line and, and see if she did. Because I can't believe that would not have sort of went around the uh, area there for heads well, up. It, it would you. You'd hear about that. I mean, we, we'd hear about that. Anything like that happening in the Great Lakes yes. would make it to us. So, you know, anywhere in Egypt should make it to where she's at. So we'll have to remember, remind ourselves to drop her note and say, did you hear about it? Yeah. She might have some excellent, good skinny for us. The the inside scoop. Yeah. Uh, next one is Caribbean box jellyfish is now thriving in southern Florida. Uh, this Caribbean uh, native has become established in the red mangroves of Florida near Boca Rotan, uh, adding to the number of invasive species observed in the coast lately. Since 2009, when a single male specimen, and I'm not going to read the Latin name, was discovered in Florida's Lake Wyman and identified by Alan Collins, which is a curator of the invertebrate zoology at the Smithsonian National Museum of National History. Uh, so it's gone from that to where it's in even greater numbers. Based on numbers that we have been reported, the population seems to be pretty healthy. I do not think this is something that people should be overly alarmed about. They are not large. Their bell's about one centimeter. 
There are any reports of them causing bad stings to swimmers, but the venom has not been specifically studied. Uh, when gradual warming the oceans, the number of marine species from the Caribbean have observed moving into areas of southern and mid-Atlantic coasts in the United States. We're seeing is happening everywhere. All over the planet, species are ranging or changing because of human activities in general. It's another symptom of the changing world. Now, I have a hard time believing that of all the millions of years, it's just now that it got warm enough for a season for them to come over. Yeah. Uh, got to be some other reason. Yeah. I, I mean, I can believe that there are some over there, but I think your natural ecology kind of keeps things in balance. And I'm not saying that we don't have invasive species, which we definitely do, which are attached to boats and stuff, but just saying that they just happen. In fact, I would buy that. If they had said that it was coming over, you know, that they're in holding tanks of a boat and somebody flushed it and out, because you wouldn't need too many. Right. But yeah, the, the fact that they've just now suddenly started to swim over, because you got, you got currents. I mean, we... We've seen, we saw Finding Nemo. <laughs> they got that little jet, they got that little jet stream escalator that they just grab onto and it takes them all over. So yeah, they don't even need a transfer. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, another invasive species in Florida. Well, at least it's only less than one half an inch. Yeah. It did say how long the tentacles were, but looking at the size, you're still talking a couple of inches on those. And if they start to be a stinging variety, I think you're going to hear a lot more about them. Yeah. People complaining. Just how common they are. Uh, and this one, not really a scuba diving story, but uh, since we're talking about Florida, Florida exclusive underwater burial ground. This one's out of uh, Key Biscayne in Florida. The closest thing to Lost City of Atlantis may be located three miles off the coast in southern Florida. Forty feet below the surface is a man-made pristine reef where several times a month divers come to deposit urns containing ashes of recently departed. The underwater burial ground near Miami was created by the Neptune Society. Uh, the deep sea divers go down with your ashes, mixed contents, and they place in a section spots you made. So if you have an affinity for water, it's a great way to go. People love it. I think we, we covered this one inadvertently a couple of weeks ago where we had some pictures of the divers, places where you want to dive. And this was one of them. As I recollect, they actually had a statue of Neptune on the bottom mm -hmm. in this underwater cemetery, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember seeing the photo, but I don't think they really said where what it was. But so that's a the cemetery then is what Neptune's doing there. Yeah, basically a memorial reef, and so you got cremains down there. And they said it's uh, 16 acres of barren ocean floor were converted to the large landmade uh, man-made reef. So that sounds like an environmentally sound thing to have done, also. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I just thought it was a little bit unique. But then also, here, here's another chance. Maybe it's uh, for some, if you want to swim with celebrities. Uh, one of them who's undertaken the service was the late Julia Child, the famous television chef. She's uh, I didn't know that. buried down there. Yeah, so you know, I, I don't know. Is that because, did she love underwater, or was it maybe to be closer to seafood? <laughs> I don't know. I always liked the part where people, her and her husband, you know, did work for the CIA. Yeah, I had heard that one. Yeah, she did. And it's always like, I was only a... Uh, a secretary or something like that. And it's like, yeah, I believe that too. Did you see the movie Julia, Julia? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. It was one. good. It actually was pretty decent. And that covered a little bit of her life there. Yeah. I recommend it. Even as a girly one, I liked it. Yeah. Chick flicks. Well, speaking of chick flicks, the next article I have is Lady Diver magazine, but I have no idea why. Oh, because I think I sent that to you. Uh, you I got a call. Uh, Jeremy forwarded it over. Is uh, the the lady who does this? 
Uh-huh. And she's looking, she's um, putting forth the magazine and she was looking for lady divers uh, in Lake Michigan or in the this area. Oh, so okay. And do some write-ups about what is the diving like in this neck of the woods. And I don't know if you went through and read any of those other than you noticed the photo was flipped because yeah. of the, the sign that you mentioned to me. But some of the writing is very, very good. The pictures are excellent. Uh, and they're mostly sea, you know, of the of the salt water variety and the and the pictures of such. Mm-hmm. So if they did get some of the ladies in this area to uh, do some write ups, that would be good for both the magazine and good for this neck of the woods. Yeah, I think so. so. Did a couple of people. Uh, one of them was, of course, uh, Peggy from up north because she is a, uh, a hardcore diver yeah. and she's been around the diving block. You're not and saying she's old. Say again. You're not saying she's old. No, 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 no. She's just an experienced diver and will have lots of tales of diving there to share. Yeah. And, and then else? I recommended she get a hold of uh, Valerie for the same reason. Oh, yeah. Valerie would Val- be good. Yeah, she's got a pedigree and a history. And in our neck, that would probably be the two best people. Yeah. Yeah. On, on, the, on this side of the state, those are two we know. You yeah. know, Peggy's also heavily involved with the uh, Dive Right organization, too. So there's quite a few angles they could go and do. So anyway, I referenced that to her. I went and looked at some of the articles. Uh, it looks quite interesting. Excellent. And I told her we'd put it on podcast. <laughs> well, you did. I didn't know why. I, and now that you mentioned it, I remember you sending it to me, and I put it in the show notes. But I'm like, there's there's really not much of a story here. But, yeah, that that's certainly good. So uh, in, any of those magazines. There's quite a few uh, new magazines have started up, which is which I think is good. Well, it's also a niche market from the aspect that's applying to the women. Mm-hmm. Now, the guys will look at it to find out where the women are going, which is not a bad deal. Oh. But uh, if there's ladies out there, take a look at it, and you can always drop her a line saying, hey, you saw it on Scuba Obsessed. Yeah, yeah, let them know. Plug her and plug us. Certainly. Yeah, we're, we're women diver friendly, I like to think. I'd, I'd be happy if half of, of all divers were women or even more. <laughs> Maybe 90, 10, 90% women, 10% men. That'd be even better. I, I'm not sure your wife would want that, but I, I don't think we'd have as much trouble getting newer guys into the club. No, no, not at all. Next one, strange life found in underwater caves, Bahamas uh, cave system. Many of them have unique uh, life. So they're researching, they're, they're researching these caves. Uh, researchers are looking at these caves just to see how, Diverse uh, life could be on alien worlds. Uh, specifically, the, they like to look at the blue holes. Um, one scientist said it's really incredible swimming down there, a passage no one has ever seen before, to experience that thrill of discovery. Uh, at the bottom of the cave, there's no telling what might be around the next corner. Isn't that, isn't that why we go diving? It is for me. It's always what might I be able to find. Not necessarily gold and treasure, but something unique. Yeah. It, how many things we look at the bottom that no human has ever seen? You know, and maybe never, never seen again. I mean, in Lake Michigan, there are spots where we have been diving, and it's just so unique. So whether you're looking for underwater life, archaeologically, wrecks, geology, there's there's everything to be seen down there, and and you get to do it diving. You can, how do you beat that? Well, I like it myself, and this you know this sort of goes into play what we were doing last week when you were talking about uh, some microbiology they were doing on vents. Yes. So. Looks like that's not only the vent areas you're talking about. There's a lot of different places. Well, like they say, what is it? Ninety percent of the Earth is underwater. Oh yeah. And we have we know more about the outer space than we do inner space. This yeah. just proves it. Exactly. So uh, e- even in the article, they were talking about that. 
I reckon that also means don't don't lick the stalactites and stuff you find under the under the water like that. Don't know don't know what you're going to be getting into. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah, blue hole bacteria. <laughs> and and speaking of places nobody's ever been before, Russian drillers reached a huge lake below Antarctica. So uh, they've been they've been working on this for quite a while, over 20 years in fact. They have had to drill through 2.4 miles of ice. And when they started drilling, they didn't even realize there's a freshwater lake underneath there. They're saying the freshwater lake is similar to the surface area of Lake Ontario. Uh, it's Lake Vostok, 160 miles by 30 miles, and they were doing it for core samples. Uh, there was some concern that as they drilled down and got to the water, they would contaminate it because of all the fluids they use in the drilling, antifreeze and, and oils. Uh, but they, it sounds like they ruled it out because they expected the lake to be under pressure, and they said that's exactly what they found. When they broke through, it flushed water up to the surface, and now they're going to let it freeze, and then once it's frozen uh, next year, they're going to come back and pull it out. So they're, they're originally doing ice cores, but now they've got down. I think it'd be cool to have like a little, uh, I was going to say SUV, but uh, a remote underwater vehicle. You know, see what's down there. Is there any, you know, they're, well, they're saying 20 million years? Yeah. 20 yeah. million year old freshwater lake. So, now that's I like the key word they're, they're talking about there too. There again, scientists believe that microbiological life may exist in the dark depths of the lake, despite the high pressure and constant cold. Conditions similar to those expected to be found under the ice crust on Mars, Jupiter moons, and Saturn's moon. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, we, we found life where we didn't think there would be any before. So, yeah, what makes this one any different? And then. We go from Lake Vostok to Atlantis. And that's quite a contrast. Yeah. Google Earth map uh, raised rumors of the lost city of Atlantis uh, had gotten a much-needed update reading the, stair f the, the seafloor of a grid-like pattern that some vigilant users suspected was the sunken streets from the mythological underwater city. Uh, Google Ocean is an extension of the Google's uh, Google Earth program, and they said it was merely the, displaying an artifact from the sonar method that they were using, and that the updated data was just a cleaning up or correction of what they originally had down there. And, you know, I kind of believe that. We've looked at the side scan sonar that we've run, and it's easy to see stuff that's not there. Yeah, yeah. they were talking about the original version of uh, Google Ocean was a newly developed prototype map that had high resolution but contained thousands of blunders related to the original archived ship data. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you get to, you're, you're mowing the lawn and you, you turn around and right when it turns, it makes a pattern or you get a little bit of interference pattern over a couple scans and how you interpret the data. They could yeah. easily put that. So they, they corrected it, but you know, that gets everybody all excited about a cover up. Kind of like the face on Mars where everybody was convinced that. You know, when, when they, they went back and took a photo of it and it wasn't there, they were convinced that it was all a big cover-up. Well, now that we talk about that, we covered a, a one a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, that talked about that one item they were thinking was a spaceship. The Millennium Falcon? Yes. That, yeah. We never heard any feedback on Well, they're, they're going to go back in uh, the spring and go down and, and take a look at that. What if it's not there? Hmm. Yeah, well, they don't know if it's there or not. They just they say it's one of the, because they had a, uh, going back to that article, they had quite a few spots and they didn't know what it was. They didn't know if it was just uh, unusual side scan sonar patterns or what. But it was consistent. So if it's not there and they go there and they don't get the same pattern, maybe it just 
scooted away. Mm. Could be. <laughs> well, speaking of that, this giant shark that fishermen reeled up looks like something from, from outer space. Shark was the size of a school bus. Was that the short bus or the long bus? This is a long bus, not a short bus. Okay. Uh, fishermen in the Pakistani port of Karachi got more than they bargained for Tuesday, and they reeled in one of the biggest uh, fish in the sea, the whale oh. shark. Reported 40-foot fish was spotted 10 days ago and sees about 150 kilometers from the city. Um, one of the owners of the local fish factory said the shark was unconscious at this time, but other reports said it was found dead Tuesday. A large crowd gathered as, as a succession of cranes were brought in to lift the shark onto the pier after hours and a number of failed attempts. Leviathan was brought ashore and promptly sold for 1.2 million rupees, or $18,750. Isn't that like buying roadkill? Yeah, but if I had it, I could sell it, you bet your butt. <laughs> but I just wonder what killed it. I just made like a big ship dropped an anchor on its head, maybe, or uh, it was sick. It, well, that's what I would be thinking. It's like it's sick, you know. You, I mean, I, I can get a lot of fish. I can go along the beach. <laughs> I think for a while I thought they they had caught it, but they really actually recovered it. Yeah, because you or never hear that. That could be the story too. Uh, it's on the World Conservation Union's list of threatened species. It was added in 2008. So you know, did maybe somebody get it? But wow, that is, and that is a big monster too. Oh, did you go to the picture down the screen? I just looked at that one. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it just it's big, just big. Could you imagine? Oh. Yeah, and the thing is, it looks like a catfish, doesn't it? It does. I'm looking at a couple of the other ones, and it's much prettier underwater, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Up above, it just looks like a giant catfish. Oh, my God. Did you look at the number of people on the pier? Yes. The down? <laughs> Jeez, OP, you think you're in China. But then again, you know. It's Thailand. Oh, my God. Now, what I want to see, now they got it in the cranes. Who has got the big bucket of batter, and then who's got the, the deep fryer? It's got to be a very big one. Wow. I'm just looking at the crowd, though. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. Must not be much just, else to do. Oh, that was just the other day, too. That was on that was Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. That was This is a recent one. Yeah, I like the pictures. That that really emphasizes what we're looking at here. Yeah. Just dumb. Sort of ugly, but at the same time, quite interesting. Did it say how much that maybe weighed? No, I, I was looking for that. They didn't say how much. Because I'm looking at the size of the cranes, and they got two of them lifting that guy up. If the people didn't see the pictures, they're missing something. That's that's awesome. Or did well, you put the pictures out for them to look at? I gave them the, the link to the article. Oh, okay. But, yeah, we, we've got a flood of people coming in. Rich Rich got done with his show. Hi. We got, oh, my gosh, they're just floating right in. And we got Rich and Dave and Bill all coming in. The tide brings all sorts of things in. <laughs> Was this high tide or low tide? <laughs> Floats them and jets them. We have another one. Divers rescue a killer whale. Scuba divers in New Zealand rescued an orca, commonly known as a killer whale. It happened to be trapped in a fisherman's net. Uh, the local media reported that the whale had become entangled in a rope attached to a crayfish net off, off the coast of Coromandela Peninsula. Diver Rise Cochrane said the whale had not even seen the mine when he swam down to cut the rope and said it swam away quickly once it was freed. He said uh, several other whales had watched from a distance. Wow. Uh, one of the lo local uh, whale experts said uh, they're smart enough to know when you're trying to help them. Either that, they'd be really pissed when they got out. Yeah, I don't think I'd jump in the water to help. Yeah, yeah. well, they got down and cut them away. 
So and there's also a video to that one if you follow the link. And again, we'll have a link. All these links in our show notes on the website, scubaobsessed.com. Head on over there. It usually takes me till about Saturday after the show to get those up. And then since we're in the, the sharks, we have another close encounter. Uh, this this one, uh, instead of a whale, it was a shark. It got caught in a cage. A great white? Yes. In a cage. Yeah, that, this this one would might scare you a little bit if this happened to you. Had a close encounter. Driver appears to have a near miss after a great white shark got in the cage she was in. Uh, she tells friends that the great white got stuck after the boat bait floated into the cage and the shark chased in after it. <laughs> oh, the second picture shows that. Man, yeah, that would take you out big time. Yeah. His head's in there about two-thirds, well, one-third of the size of the cage. Uh, kind of a different meaning to Pac-Man. Uh, yeah, the, the, the people are calling uh, for regulations to stop the cowboy operators from starting up uh, and putting people's lives in danger. See, that's what I don't understand is is, is why... Why is there something big enough the sharks can get in? Because this isn't the first time this has happened. We've seen this a few times where the sharks are getting into the cages. Yeah. I, I like his uh, explanation. Or did you read all that? No, I didn't see it. What was that? Under the photo caption here, fishy, fishy, fishy. Uh-huh. As Haynes tells friends, the great white got stuck after the bait floated into the cage and the shark chased after it. I got out of there so effing quick. <laughs> it was around trying to get out. I thought it was going to get me. Yeah. And then she said, I, I have to admit, I did get a bit of a fright when it came at me. Ha ha. Yeah, I bet. Good thing you're in a wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a little little shocking. Um, I, I almost looked at the chat room. They're just going to completely distract me tonight. Uh, <laughs> squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> yeah, the pictures are pretty interesting, and her verbiage is nice. Yeah. And this next one, also on sharks, is... Uh, yeah, as if them coming in the cage is enough, let's go ahead and invite them for tea. Scuba divers share a tea party with a shark. So in the photo of this, they have three divers sitting at a table pretending to drink tea, I'm assuming. Uh, they're sitting at a table, and the tank that they're in is filled with sharks. It's a new display at the Sea Life London Aquarium, which aims to put an end to myths about the blueful creatures being bloodthirsty, bloodthirsty sea monster. Deputy creator Jamie Oliver said, we wanted to challenge a terrible and understood reputation of sharks as bloodthirsty killers. But what a better way of doing it than inviting them all for tea. I wonder what type of tea they like. I don't know. The, the caption that one was snap happy. Do you like your coffee black or great white? <laughs> they don't look all that comfortable sitting there with those teacups in their hand. <laughs> no, they all look like, yeah, they, have you ever <laughs> Like have you ever watched that where they uh, they do the game at rodeos where they got the the guys playing poker and they got the bull running around? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. They all got their their legs kind of propped up and they're like, soon as he makes a move, I'm dodging. I'm gone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just grab your buddy's hand and throw him in front of the shark and swim off. Yeah, you just don't want to piss him off and have a what is it shark fin soup on the on the menu? Yeah, that would not be good. So. Uh, the shark encounter opens on Sunday and features more than 15 sharks. So if you happen to be over in London, you can look them up. I like the tiki statues in the back. Yeah, those are nice. Yes. And then as we approach the end here, we have another one. This one, I wasn't so much, I was excited about the article, but just the type of diving they're talking about. This sounds cool. Flow night dives. Uh, it's an interesting development in diving where... Uh, it's conducted in very small groups, equipped with special lights and mass filters, uh, discovering the reef by night and several totally different underwater worlds. Special lights and filters enable you to see 
what no one else does otherwise, fluorescent coral fishes and other marine lice. You know that last part you just said that nobody else sees? I don't know, man. Back in the day when you had the black light and the uh, other little chemicals, man, you'd see all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so you're, you're saying stuff, stuff similar to Disney's Fantasia. Yeah, that fluorescence and all that. You know, hey, yeah. man, that's wild. Yeah. So uh, I, just, but I don't know that for sure. You know, it's just something I heard. Just something you've heard that that could happen. Right, right. So uh, they're running from mid-February 2012, a new type of night diving with diver experience. So uh, so they must be doing like black lights and filters on the mass. It looks that way because look at the background for the uh, one coral. Mm-hmm. With that, that looks quite a bit like items one may have seen under a black light. Hmm. That is interesting. Okay, and that's that, that doesn't mean you're going to have to take a black light with you next time we're in Pawpaw just to see what we see down there different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to see a whole bunch of much of anything. Wouldn't that surprise you if you did, though? Yeah. And now, we'll, that would be something. So we'll take this next one a little bit out of order. We'll start with the video first, uh, this video, and I did watch it. Uh, and the video says, uh, the creepiest video coral you'll ever see. But what they do is they actually are doing a time-lapse video of a coral, and they dumped gravel on top of it, and the coral was able to dig itself out. Really? Yeah, it was a mushroom coral, and it extricates itself by inflating and deflating, and it takes about 10 to 20 hours. And uh, with the video, they showed it, and it just, you wouldn't believe with as much that was on top of it, it would be able to get itself out, but it does. Does that show intelligence, or does that show just a responsive... A natural response to a stimulus. I'm, I'm thinking it shows a natural response. Yeah. You because know, there's, I mean, it's, you know, you could say other plants how that does it. I know corals are are animals, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really any particular intelligence there, but I think it's a reaction. But nonetheless, very interesting. And then the chat room, they're saying they're going to dump some on them when they, when next time they get the Bon Air. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, this one uh, from our blogger friend IR Diver, uh, IR Diver, uh, he, he, and interesting. He's just he's getting better and better every week. Uh, interesting post on split fins, and I didn't realize this is as big of a controversy as as he's making it out. And I heard other people commenting on it that they are not a big fan of split fins. To me, I've always kind of thought of split fins as a novelty or a gimmick. Um, that would mean that you have to buy something new, doesn't it? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I bought my first set of fins, they had split fins, but you know, they they basically asked me a few questions. They said, "No, those those aren't for you." So I could have easily bought split fins if the dive shop had tried to convince me that they were the the thing I needed. But I'm I kicked fairly hard, so I needed a stiffer fin. So that's what I got. It was a a stiff fin. I think uh, our our friend our dive friend Jim uh, started off with split fins, but he kicked so hard he just flattened them over and got rid of them. They just uh, they didn't work for him. And this particular article goes into, uh, but they're, he's they're talking about how bad they are for people around them. They kick up sediment. Well, I was just looking. The charges against them are destruction of reef property, disturbing the silt, attempted murder, and speeding. <laughs> well, that's what I've always heard about them is that. They give you some faster speed, not necessarily power. 
the attempted murder must be smacking somebody in the face. Disturbing the silt, I don't think that's an option just for split fins. And the same thing for destruction of reef, I think that could be either. So maybe speeding out of the four. Yeah. Well, they were talking about that the split fins doesn't give a consistent kick, so it just makes a lot of turbulence and knocks stuff all around. But I don't know. We do, we we don't dive with people's split fins. Is that is is that like a rule? No, I think it's because you got a lot of old timers who aren't going to buy any new stuff, <laughs> and what they got is good. <laughs> it was good forty years ago. It's good now. Well, they're actually going back to that. Look, a lot of those tech fins. Everybody goes those big, heavy, black fins. Just just now that they got springs on the back. Those I like. Those I like. Did you read this whole thing? This is cute. (laughs) Rich in the chat room is saying the split fins are great, are awesome for slow divers. (laughs) What's that, Rep Mac? No, I'm just saying, uh, did you go through and look at the whole thing? It's pretty decent. No, he did an excellent job writing it. I thought it was really good. Yes, he did. He's he's definitely got that... uh, that creative touch to it. So, and then, and then he does a, the, I especially love the uh, Photoshopped uh, pieces where he superimposed different people over court scenes. That's, that's really nice. So uh, you're going to have to look at him. Irdiver.blogspot.com. Excellent. It's, it's worth a shot. That's for sure. I just did a quick scan through it. It's decent. I mean, if you, anything with Judge Judy in it, it's got to be decent. Yeah. Rich is saying, I need to look at the comments squirrel. Uh, Oh, Rich said he, was, he spent the whole, Rich from Diver Sinks in the chat room. So they spent the whole night, the whole show on split fins versus paddle. So Versus uh, what? Versus paddle. Oh, paddle, okay. Is that the type of fin? So. Boy, they really have prolific comments there in the chat room, don't they? Yeah, I can't keep up with them. We, 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 where's Jim? We, we need Jim this week so he can keep up in the in the chat room. Let it translate for us. Yeah, I don't normally watch that, but geez. <laughs> Yeah, Bill is asking who that was. Yeah, that's Mac. That's the old fart. <laughs> so that does it for the news. We've we've polished off another another week of news. There's there's quite a few, quite a bit in there. <sighs> so uh, how about last week? I I didn't get a dive in. Did you get one in? No. Last week was the first week since uh, December because I dove every every weekend in December and January. And that's the first dive we had not made was last week. Yeah, I was, you, did, you did four in January yourself. Yeah, well, well, uh, Jim and I were talking about going Sunday. We we had it scheduled to go Sunday, and then he just got behind on paperwork for work, and it didn't happen. So, but we are talking about this weekend getting out on the Big Lake, which would be a record, I think. Has has anybody from the dive club ever dove in February on Lake Michigan? Yeah, yeah, Bob and them did. Remember, we get off to the. Uh, the piers and dove under the out around where it was clear. And then when they came up, the ice had moved back in. Uh, yeah. For that. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess you gotta say it's Lake Michigan. So yeah, we've done that before. But as far as getting out in a boat, I don't think we've been on a wreck in January and uh, February. No, I think March is the earliest. So there's a chance that might happen this weekend. Not sure if it's Saturday or Sunday, but we've got that on the schedule. And then we're just an, a week off from our world underwater. Yep. The following weekend, which yep. I. But, I was going to say, I'm going to go Saturday to the uh, motorcycle one they have there. And because mm-hmm. last year they had the motorcycle one at the same time as they had Our World Underwater. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, next week is Our World Underwater. And how many people are going to that, you think? What, Our World Underwater? I think we're yes. going to have pretty good attendance this year. I trying to go. I was originally approved to go. And then my daughter's very last swim meet for the year is on that day. So 
That Saturday? Yeah, it's Saturday. So I have a stinky feeling I won't be going. Well, you can get some the late comers and go for the morning, mid-afternoon ones on Sunday. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll have to see. Not a big fan of uh, uh, hitting those shows on a Sunday. Everybody's packing up and trying to get out, but maybe I'll do it. And then I'll have to, uh, we got uh, Divers, uh, 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 not Divers, um, crud, the other show. Um, Talking Scuba is going to be there. They're one of the sponsors this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, so are, are you going to be there and uh, Jim Schultz? For which one? Uh, Our World Underwater. Yeah, I plan on going up there. Uh, I'm not sure who all is going. I'd like to, to carpool, but either way, I'll be stopping by Dave Gallion's and mm-hmm. either picking him up or going with him and going up there for sure that day. Because uh, I do want to look at some of the displays and I want to look at some of the uh, events they're going to have, some of the presentations. Yeah, well, uh, they're looking to do a follow-up interview, so maybe you and uh, Jim can get with them. Uh, they, they're requesting a, a disc of the shipwreck find and uh, want to do a quick interview. So. Okay, first I've heard on that one. Yep. Well, I just talked to him, so that's oh, why. Okay. <laughs> Now, we got a dive meeting coming up the 21st, so i got to get the newsletter out. And then the week after is uh, Ann Arbor, yep. Great Lake and Shipwreck. Great Lake Shipwreck. So which... February is, a, is a, a meeting month because right after that, you've got the Southwestern Michigan Underwater Preserve meeting. That's going to be March 3rd. Excellent. So lots of stuff to do. I'm yeah. just curious if anybody's going to go to Scuba Fest in Ohio in uh, March. I'm I thinking be about some. it. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I, be, I bet there will be some people who get it in. Yeah. So it, you're going to do great. the April Fool's dive with the uh, SAS April 1st? Probably not. I, in fact, I, I probably in April 1st, I'm going to be in Florida. Well, that's nice for you. Suck <laughs> the rest of us. Yeah. Jim Kleeman and his family and my family are all planning on going to Florida, and I hope to get in um, maybe 70, 80 dives or something. <laughs> you wish. I do wish. <laughs> Seven we are, or eight would be good. Yeah, we're 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 going to get a few in. So uh, that that's that Thursday uh, we'll be broadcasting live from down there. So that's you'll you'll be able to talk to us. Would and we'll be probably thirty degrees warmer than you are. And you'll probably have a pina colada <laughs> or something with an umbrella stuck in it talking to us. Uh, I'll bring umbrellas even if I don't if they don't have any. So looking forward to it, uh, you know, as always. And we have a few more people been uh, putting push pins, uh, push pins. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> have another drink. Uh, push pins into the maps. So head on over to scubaobsessed.com, go to about, uh, click on scuba obsessed fans, and it will take you to the scuba obsessed fan map. And you can put your push pin in and, and see how many scuba obsessed fans are right in your own neck of the woods. Right around the corner, there's there's bound to be somebody who's into scuba diving just like you. We love to see those on the fan map. Uh, also, we have one that does that records automatically, and it's it's amazing. We're getting pretty close to most of North America being covered, and some of the continents. So, won't take too much longer. Keep keep on visiting, and we'll have our show notes over there. Visit us at Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash scuba obsessed, and you can also follow us on Twitter at scuba obsessed on twitter and we've been doing more and more uh, and, and while you're over at the website and I, I keep rambling all over uh grab some scuba obsessed uh swag so we got some magnets and stickers and other things over there go ahead and grab some of those up and we'll we're also going to i'm going to be doing some updating i need to get some new artwork i'm i'm working on up and we'll have some new art going on so 
Thanks again to everybody in the chat room. Appreciate you coming out. Uh, I had, had a pretty full chat room, and we'll do a roundtable right on after, so hang on after, and we'll throw everybody on and do a little bit of chatting. Is there anything you want to plug, Mac? No, we've got, uh, like I said, pretty much of a full house and uh, a good number of items coming. If people go to Our World Under Order, <clears throat> excuse me, just let us know. It'd be nice to be able to see somebody. Uh, they can spot us because we normally wear our colors. And you can see mud all over our jackets or our T-shirts or our sweatshirts. And if you see us and you know us and you heard about us, give us a you know shout and say hi. Yep. So that's uh, Mud Michigan Underwater Divers. You'll see some of those hats uh, floating around the show floor. Okay. Well, I think, gosh, we we this a this one we went through it pretty quick. Well, just about an hour. Yeah. Golly. Of course, I'm really anxious to hear what the uh, <clears throat> joke is going to be tonight. Let me see. Uh, did did we do the one about the? Uh, I don't think I did this one, did I? God, I'd be embarrassed if it was the one I did last week. <laughs> what I, I do last oh, week? Oh, I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> do we do about the the one about the two guys staying in the barn? I'm not sure now. What's the feedback from the the peanut gallery? Anybody know what was the joke we did? I don't know. There's a dancer midget and a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear that one. Yeah, that was a better <laughs> one. Chat room, tell us that joke. <laughs> oh well. No, I don't think I did this one last week. Gosh, I'm I'm getting so far ahead in the on these uh, jokes. So, yeah, you ready, Mac? Uh, I'm sitting down. Okay, here we go. Uh, John decided to go ice diving with his buddy Keith, so they loaded up John's minivan and headed north. After driving for a few hours, they got caught in a terrible blizzard, so they pulled into a nearby farm, asked the attractive lady who answered door if they could spend the night. I realize it's terrible out there, but I have this huge house all to myself. But I'm recently widowed, she explained. I'm afraid the neighbor will talk if I let you in the house and stay. No worry, said John. We'll be happy to sleep in the barn. And if the weather breaks, we'll be gone first light. And the lady agreed, and the two men found their way to the barn and settled in for the night. Come morning, the weather had cleared, and they got on their way, enjoyed a great weekend of diving. About nine months later, John got an unexpected letter from an attorney. It took him a few minutes to figure it out, but he finally determined it was from the attorney of that attractive widow he had met in this, on the dive weekend. He dropped... Uh, in on his friend Keith and asked, Keith, do you remember that good-looking widow from the farm we stayed at on the dive holiday about nine months ago? And he says, yes, I do. Well, did you happen to get up in the middle of the night and go in the house and pay her a visit? Well, um, yes, said Keith, a little embarrassed about being found out. I have to admit I did. And did you happen to give her my name instead of your name? Keith's face turned bright red and said, yeah, look, I'm sorry, buddy. I was afraid I did. Why do you ask? Well, she just died and left me everything. I like that one. <laughs> Excellent. I like that. That's what buddies are for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, until next time, go out there and get wet. And stay safe. Recording has been completed. That was pretty good. I like that one. <laughs>